Hello, my name is Kevin Shields and welcome to the Crack Trio Podcast, episode 18. Finally made it here and I've said this probably the last three podcasts that it's been a long time and it fucking has. It's probably been almost a full month at this stage since I've recorded something because I've spent the last six weeks getting over two fucking corona scares, thankfully both of which were negative. Uh, but I've been all over the place and I've been, again, back in work and then trying to just fucking relax and enjoy movies while trying to juggle this and I know this only takes an hour or two out of my week but uh, or months whenever the fuck I actually get around to doing it but uh, sometimes I really really cannot be arsed but I'm here again now anyway um, plenty has happened over the last month probably month and a half or so and my head is fully fucking burnt out I'm, I'm just fucking sick of all the nonsense that I'm just seeing everywhere uh, most of this stems back to Censorship, because censorship is rife again now, and the most bullshit Hollywood elite fucking look how good we are nonsense. Um, now, obviously, everything in the last month and a half or so has been ultra politically charged, and uh, that's not what I'm going to talk about because this isn't a politics podcast, and I don't care about politics. And I know people like to whinge, going, Well, that's a privileged point of view. I don't give a shit, I don't care about politics, I never have. I never will. I know horrible things happen in the world. I'm able to empathise with that. But I don't care about it to talk about it. It's not my thing. I'd like to talk about movies. I talk about music now and then. Games. Whatever else. But I don't care. And I won't be bullied into talking about it. And I've seen that as well. I've seen people put up fucking posts saying. If you're not posting about this. On this day. And doing this and that. And putting your solidarity posts up. Then you're a piece of shit. and blah. Well then fuck you. Because I'm not going to do it. You've actually put me off ever doing it. Because like I said. I won't be bullied into doing it. Because it's insanity. And this is just spread across fucking everywhere now. People are off their fucking tits on stupidity. <laughs> the drug of stupidity and self-righteousness. And people actually don't know how to communicate anymore. They're they're fully incapable of communication nowadays. Um, if someone posts something I disagree with, I generally will just go, I disagree with that. And move on because it's not my fucking business. People are allowed to believe whatever they want. If I disagree with them, if I think they're pieces of shit for it, fine. But it's not my place to go, well, I have to get them fired now. So, no, I don't give a shit. That's their fucking business. It's not mine. So, so I, I was worried I was going to turn this episode into just one big rant, which is still quite possible because there's a lot I want to cover and it's just irritating. But uh, I, just, uh, I just can't stand how politics just worms its way into fucking everything and it makes people feel like they're always right if people on the left and if people on the right and they're they're throwing their opinions in but they're not even considering them opinions they're saying this is right and if you don't believe it you are the fucking complete enemy and it's insanity and with all the censorship coming in now it's just it's like a modern kind of fascism but then again that's what it all fucking is at the end of the day now the way everyone goes on people that people claiming to be anti-fascists who are behaving like fascists and fascists who are just being fascists because that's what fascists do so it's just absolute bananas uh my only two cents in the side of politics would be that i think all of the people who are really heavy militant left and all the people who are really heavy militant right you're all cunts um you're all the same it's the horseshoe effect uh you put all those lunatics on the left on on the very left i mean on one end of a line and you put all the fucking lunatics on the right on the other end of the line and you bend that line into a horseshoe 
and those two ends are closer together than they are further apart and that's all it is so that's all i'm gonna say about it you're all bananas i think people should just believe what they fucking want to believe uh don't pick sides if you pick sides you're just a fucking goon and you've no real rational thought in yourself and you're letting literally the words good and bad dictate your whole life as if like it's fucking you're choosing your character in a game life isn't a fucking rpg so stop fucking acting like it is you're daft now the uh the other thing i wanted to get into again was mostly censorship and this has just blown up over the last while now the main thing is blackface this is something that has always been rocky ground forever um Obviously now, like I wouldn't say I'm a fucking expert on the history of blackface, but I know like the likes of the jazz singer, the Al Jolson stuff, and like minstrel comedy from the early 1900s and all that kind of shit. And actually, I remember, <laughs> I just remember seeing a fucking, I think it was a Betty Boop cartoon, and I don't know how old I was, I must have been, might have only been about 15 or something, I just remember catching it on TV, and because the animation and that stuff is fucking incredible, like the, the flow of the animation, the fact it's all hand-drawn as well is just astounding to look at especially when you see like a lot of modern day like even the dc stuff that that comes out now the drawings are great but the kind of the frame rate is so low and it just looks really gammy and but back then like the simple thing of i remember particularly in this episode there's like a, a bus or a taxi pulling up outside a stage or outside a, a theater and it like literally moves like a snake the way it turns around i was like the, the time it would have taken to fucking draw that is just insane um but I remember seeing this when I was younger. And I think it's like Betty Boop's performing on stage. But there's a support act. And it's three. Like, it's three especially because it's black and white as well. Like it's probably harder for them to do lighter black and white. Although they have grey in it as well. I don't know. But it's three black babies up on stage. And they are jet black with giant lips. And they're all clumsy bumping into each other and all this kind of shit. And I was looking at it going this is the most offensive thing i've probably ever seen in my whole life but the thing is what most people would want to do now with something like that is erase it and be like no that's a fucking it's offensive to to black people and to everyone really because it's, it's so fucking absurd but we need to get rid of it that's it it's gone it's fucking like no what you should do is leave it there and let people see it and go holy shit the way people used to think back in whatever 1920 1930 was pretty fucking crazy I'm glad we don't think that way now. And then fucking move on. And if people want to watch it, let them. People, I, I, I don't like this whole idea of people dictating art. Um, art belongs to fucking nobody. Except the artist and, I suppose, unfortunately, uh, producers in Hollywood. But the fact that people will see something and go, I find this particular form of art distasteful and ugly. So I have to ensure that nobody can have it. That is the most entitled bollocks i've ever heard in my whole fucking life like imagine actually thinking that thinking yourself that's morally superior cunt like what you could do is say i find this pretty distasteful if, if you own a cinema i'm not going to show it in my cinema or whatever else but the people are going to fucking try push it so that it's just gone forever it's gone we have to pull this down no one should be seeing this like no let people see it don't dictate what other people can and can't watch it's the most absurd bullshit i've ever heard and that has exploded now in in media. And what I find so funny is, I'm pretty sure, right, there's 20, I'm going to say 25% of this is the small, whingy crowd of fucking cunts. Mostly white people as well, which I find makes it all the more patronising. 
but you have this group of people who are like we have to pull this episode or pull this show or pull this movie and that's that like we have to get it taken down but i think the other 75 percent is people who know business because obviously now i'm going to talk about some of the blu-rays i got because i got an an embarrassing amount of blu-rays over the last while probably fucking i'd say by the time i get my next batch next week and then there's a batch the week after possibly after that and then i don't think i've been ordered until dawn of the dead when it arrives in october but I mean, I've probably had like a hundred Blu-rays in the last fucking while, and and it's not that I'm just getting cheap deals Blu-rays that are one fifty three quid each. These are boutique label, good quality fucking things. Um, so yeah, I've been buying tons of shit over the last while from all kinds of outlets. So the likes of Amazon, who's had the bulk of my fucking purchases. I finally got some because, like I said, I got the Region A player. I've had some stuff arrive from the states finally, so I got kind of a Holocaust at last, and. I have the Dawn of the Dead remake on the way, which I love. Because uh, there's no proper Blu-ray out over here. And this is the 2K transfer from Screen Factory. And I have Candyman coming. Because I've gone on about my fucking problem with the Candyman Blu-ray over here. And cunty people on adverts who are being scabby. Um, but the American one actually has the same cut on it. So it's uh, obviously not as lavish a box. But I'm still getting that sent out. I don't think it'll have the slip on it. But that's on the way. Got it cheap. So big thumbs up. Um, but one thing I've noticed on all of these sites, uh, particularly Zoom and Zavi and a couple of others. Um, well, I should mention, right, so some of the shows that were, have received backlash are Little Britain because there's, I remember at one stage there's a character that Matt Lucas plays where he's in a giant fat suit as a woman and she's like trying to entice all these people at some sort of health spa. So she like drops her tail and she's got this massive fat body and a big huge fucking bush and all and the whole joke is that she's horrible looking and all the lads are like oh fuck I have to get away but she's like pursuing it's like Pepe Le Pew only with a big fat woman instead of a smelly skunk Um, but obviously because Little Britain actually only has about two episodes worth of gags they can't just keep doing the same thing where she drops the tail so they said we'll introduce a new character so what's his face David Williams came in but obviously now, if you look at Matt Lucas in it, it's hilariously over the top. Hilarious is a strong word because the show's not that funny. But it's hilariously over the top in terms of it's a massive fat suit and she looks like this big aristocratic fucking rich asshole woman. Um, and what they did with David Williams is they said, okay, we need to make this bigger and make it crazier. So she's a gigantic, or he's a gigantic black version of that. And I think he's got like big fake teeth in and that's clearly over the top. Um... You can look at it as offensive for sure. Um, obviously, I'm not offended by it because I don't get offended by things. But then again, oh, I, I don't suffer the same things. Blah, blah, blah. But there was that. And then apparently, now I haven't seen this, but there's a, an Asian character called Ting Tong, which it's obvious where that fucking joke goes. Um, and then they had that other show, Come Fly With Me, where it's like one of those uh, customs shows where you people coming in like, oh, I'm trying to fly to Australia, but I've got 600 fucking rat beef jerkies in the fucking back of my bag and they end up getting in trouble and all this kind of shit but it's that idea only i think it's london and they play a whole host of characters and as far as i know matt lucas has one where he's got like a big beard and he's playing an arab guy and that caused controversy as well so all these things upset people blackface all that what i've noticed is oh sorry and i'm actually gonna i forgot to mention this as well is um what's it called 
Faulty Towers. So probably one of the most important and iconic comedy TV shows in the history of comedy and TV. They pulled arguably the most popular episode of said TV show because the major character in it, who's like a 90-year-old rich man. Now I'm going to say N-word because I guarantee you if I said it properly people would not understand the context in which I'm talking about it and then decide I'm racist because people are fucking stupid. But he basically says the N-word I think twice and he uses the other slur, wogs. And he says it because, like, you have to understand this character. Even John Cleese, like, as Basil is looking at him like, what the fuck are you talking about? But he says it because he's a drunk, rich, old, white Englishman. He's not saying it. The, the, the point of what he's saying isn't just some sort of horrible racist attack on me. But it's the fact that he's so old and ignorant. And of course he thinks this way. He's not going to be a young fucking hip 70s liberal. He's going to be a fucking confused L lad from England who doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. And the whole point of it is, is that when he says this, you look at him and think, what a fucking goon. And, oh, John Cleese put it the fucking best. He, he put a big tweet up about it when it got pulled. Uh, I haven't actually got it in front of me, but he, he, he made a point that has always kind of been in the back of my head. Because I think that's how we all read these things. But I've never heard it kind of expressed this way. And it's the fact that, especially with Alf Garnet and things like that, where he would do every kind of fucking joke. He had no fear. But when you'd have someone come up and say something racist or offensive or um, like their character is a, clearly a buffoon and they're saying these things, you laugh at them, which immediately discredits what they're saying. Because if I'm ever watching a movie, uh, especially if it's an old movie, I watched uh, that one, Electric Glide and Blue recently, which I didn't really like. And... I can't even remember who the fucking lead guy was in it now. But he uses the N-word in a real ignorant ignorant way where he's like uh he's like trying to uh what's the word? Get the cops pumped for being like, We're going out on the streets and we're gonna protect citizens and whatever else. And he says if one of these hops out from the bushes and starts going on and you're you're I laughed at it because it's just so obviously ignorant and stupid. But my laughing at it discredits any authenticity authenticity that he has. Because I'm laughing at what a fool he is. I don't hear that and go, yep, yeah, he's right. I have to fucking uh, now protect myself. And, and you're, you're bought into it. And the thing is, those who would, you laugh at them as well because they're fucking idiots. And that's just how it works. But John Cleese anyway, or but with, with Little Britain, Faulty Terrors. Also, I should also mention uh, The League of Gentlemen. Now, I never really got into it. I've seen bits and pieces. I, I see, I watched it quite young. And I think that was a big problem because my, my taste in comedy wouldn't have been as broad as maybe now even though in other ways my comedy's uh has um become a bit more cut off because the stuff i used to find funny when i was younger i don't really find that funny now and stuff i never found funny younger i find hysterical now but there, there's also stuff that i've always enjoyed like the likes of bottom and stuff like that will always be top tier comedy as far as i'm concerned um but that show i know there's a character in it who he's like some crazy psycho clown and he his whole face is black. He kind of looks like a minstrel. He's got like long black hair and a top hat, and he's got completely like shoe polished black face and big white lips. And I think he's got circles around his eyes as well. Um, but the whole point of the character is that he's just some crazy clown, and that's what he looks like. But people have now decided that oh, it's racist. It's blackface. He has black color on his face, therefore racist. Which makes me think, oh no, we're gonna have to fucking uh, 
ban Predator now because Arnie fucking puts mud all over his face. He, his face has turned a different colour. He's now racist. Is that the same kind of fucking logic? And I know people are going to cherry pick what I just said there and go, oh, well, that's not the same. It it basically is. He's just putting something on his face for the scene. But the problem is, well, not the problem. What I find funny about it is, okay, so these people demand that Netflix remove these shows, that Channel 4 and BBC remove these shows, don't show them again. Uh, fascist suppression that's basically book burning in digital form they want that to happen but when i go on to these websites where you can buy stuff or even stuff you download from what's at the top the top three fucking things being sold on zoom were come fly with me little britain and faulty towers and then you have on any kind of like torrent website you'll have at the very top little britain faulty towers come come fly with me League of Gentlemen and Gone with the Wind. Gone with the Wind's another one. This is a, I know I think it was about two years ago. It was due to show at Christmas somewhere in America. And the cinema poll is saying it's racist. Um, and then it's happened again there recently. HBO Max or oh no, is it Max or HBO Go? Um, I think it's HBO Max. It's a new streaming service from HBO. Where I mean they're they're following the same formula as everywhere else. We're gonna just put all our own content out here, and it's kind of it's both limiting and broadening the the streaming service world because like what happened with netflix there was loads of marvel stuff on netflix that's all gone now that's gone straight to disney plus so eventually you're going to be paying if you were to subscribe to all these faithfully so the likes of shutter netflix amazon prime hulu disney plus hbo max and there's a few others apple tv shit like that you're gonna be paying like a fucking hundred quid a month just to fucking do this and it's i think it's fucking crazy uh, if someone said to me, would you pay a 1,200 quid a year to watch uh, all these streaming services? I'd say not a fucking hope. <laughs> but that's what's happening over time. Um, so it, it really is fucking stupid. But um, what was my point? Yeah, so people are demanding all these things remove it. Oh, no, sorry. Gone with the Wind is what I was saying. So Gone with the Wind was, was removed from HBO Max. And then they put it up with a warning that says, oh, this film may contain outdated political themes and blah, blah. And I think, okay, I understand that now the film is back in its entirety and you've put a warning up. And I'm glad it's back. It should be. But even the warning is fucking stupid. I have never put on a fucking movie from the 30s and I see racial biases and female biases and all these kind of things. And I sit there going, oh, grand, this is what people think nowadays. This is a, this is a modern mindset I'm watching. No. How fucking patronising is that to think people aren't going to understand that what they're watching is fucking 80 years old and that they, they can't get it in their head that this is not how people think now. If God the Wind came out tomorrow, you'd be like, okay, that's a bit fucking questionable. But it's, that's not how it works. And what's funny is, as far as I know, it was the first black woman to ever win an Oscar was because of that film. And they want to suppress it, saying racist. It's insane to me. The suppression of art is demented. And as I said, all of these shows are now top on torrent sites and now top on sites where you buy them. So what they've actually done is, is brought more attention to them. You have more people seeking them out. You have more people downloading them. You have more people buying them. Therefore, putting money in the pockets of these people you were fucking whinging about just a week ago. Who the fuck even remembers Come Fly With Me? Or even really remembers Little Britain? Nobody. I hadn't anyone. I hadn't heard anyone mention Little Britain in fucking years. You know where I first heard it mentioned in these cuntbag articles that pop up, whinging about how racist it is. 
people aren't even focusing on it. And even if they did, even if they threw it on and saw that, who cares? Turn it off. If you see something you don't fucking like, you turn it off. That's all you have to do. And it, because it's offensive, it should mean something else. Not a hope. Being offended is not a fucking right you have. It's nonsense. The, 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 the right to be not offended is a delusion, as far as I'm concerned. Because let me put it this way. I'm offended by anything, including the channel TLC. It's offensive to anyone with a nearly functioning brain. This fucking 90 Day Fiancé crap with that little fucking no-neck dwarf chap who fucking got some prostitute from the Philippines over and decides that, oh, I'm the one who should be dictating how fucking attractive she is and, oh, you should be brushing your teeth, you need to be more attractive. It's like You are literally a fucking thumb with fucking arms and legs and he's doing that. And I'm, I see these clips and he becomes a meme and this is how stupid the world is. Like that other little cunt who's in a shop there where, this, this has gone back like a year ago, he's some fucking New York asshole and he overheard someone laughing and he turned around and said, oh, you're laughing at me because I'm fucking short and they started getting in people's faces. And then everyone said, let's make a celebrity out of him. Let's make a let's make a rap video with him. Again, this shit happens all the time. And this is, again, this is a very internet culture thing and how stupid that is. Like that cunt, the criminal, who's like, he's arrested for a violent crime but because he looked attractive, they were like, oh, release him and give him a contract with Calvin Klein. It's like, what are you talking about? He's a criminal. Just fucking stop, stop letting the most base level fucking shit dictate the way you fucking think like you have this little bollocks from TLC and everyone has gone on like what a legend he is like no he's a scaldy little cunt everything about him and when I see his stupid face and when I see all these other shows pop up from TLC these coupon hunters where they're just fucking I got 600 bottles of fucking Mountain Dew for 29 cents who gives a shit this stuff offends me but you know what I do I turn it off now I know it's not the same kind of offence Again, offence is subjective. If I don't go out making petitions going, this show just fucking wrecks my sensibilities, I want it removed from the air. Because people would laugh at it, and they'd be right to fucking laugh at it. That show should exist. All these shows should exist. Well, ideally they wouldn't because they're shite, but they should exist. If people want to watch them, let them. I think it's sad people want to watch them because it's the most brain-scramblingly stupid fucking nonsense ever put to fucking screen. But if people want to watch it, let them watch it. It's dog shit, yes. But we shouldn't be dictating what people should and shouldn't be watching. Especially if it's not really hurting anyone. Little Britain. They're tasteless jokes. Obviously funny for the time. Although people will now uh, backtrack and say that, oh, even at the time I thought... No, at the time you probably laughed. And it's the same thing about the John Cleese thing. You laughed because you're going, this is so absurd and stupid. And that's the whole point of it. There should be absolutely no limit ever in comedy. Ever. And people will say there should be, they should go, oh, there's certain things you shouldn't joke about. It's like, no, you should be allowed to joke about anything, ever. It all just depends on how you move the context, how the joke is structured. Anyone can be an offensive comedian. I can go up on stage and go, oh, isn't raping black people funny? And people will go, Jesus, that's the most shocking offensive comedy I've ever heard in my life. But really it isn't. Because anyone can do that. There was no structure to that. It wasn't funny. It wasn't smart. There was no technique involved in it it's going up and just saying something so shocking and outlandish that you think you're a comedian anyone can do that but thing is as shite as that would be for an hour of someone going up saying that kind of bollocks they should still have the right to do it you should still be able to go this is crap comedy it's crap context but they still have a right to do it even though it's offensive even though it's stupid but if someone goes up and actually makes a funny joke out of that which is possible because you can make a funny joke out of anything then they shouldn't be scrutinised. 
no one should be scrutinized it should, the, you, you can review whatever you want you can think whatever you want you can have an opinion because every opinion should be valid it should but unfortunately that's not the way the world works now if you have an opinion on something that doesn't agree with the status quo then you're just evil and wrong and it is crazy it is fucking nuts to think that imagine actually thinking that <laughs> like thinking that oh this person's opinion doesn't isn't the same as mine so now i have to set out to find out where they work get them fired um ensure they never work again probably kill themselves and then laugh about it online and 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 that's what i find kind of funny as well as uh oh god it's just the, the amount of hypocrisy with everyone the stuff that they whinge about that like especially that little cunt that i was talking about from that tlc show now it doesn't help that he's he's a, a piece of shit anyway but you have people going out there going, oh, he's a fat, ugly little bollocks. It's like, well, if someone said that about Lizzo, that fucking musician, people would be going, that is offensive and fat shaming and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, you're doing the same thing just because his personality is different. It's okay. No, it's the same principle. So the way I see it is either all of it's okay or none of it's okay. And when you start censoring comedy, and this is the worst. Now, this is the one I kind of, this is the main reason I wanted to talk about this. Is because, okay, there's a case to be made against even though I don't think it's a strong case. Uh, Little Britain, come fly with me. And I don't think there's any case with uh, fucking what's it called? Uh, League of Gentlemen. But I can understand why. And again, with Faulty Towers, might be uh, shocking to hear the word said. But again, you need to understand the context of what's being said. There is a kind of case you can go, okay, Little Britain, it's the whole gag is that he's wearing blackface. And actually, there's another one uh, I just remembered now. Uh... It's like they're two rich old ladies and they're very like, ooh, very pompous, kind of drinking tea with a pinky up kind of shit. And they're at some like food fair. And what is it? They're, they're, like he, she eats a fucking muffin or something. And they're like, oh, who made this? Like, oh, he made it over there. And they point over, it's a black guy at the table. And then she starts getting sick. Like, surface level people will go, it's racist. They see a black person, they're vomiting. It's like, no, what it is is an aristocratic, rich white woman, probably married to the major from fucking Faulty Terrors, who is so out of touch that she starts vomiting. And the joke is on them. The joke is how much of a fucking idiot they are. Um, But my point is, or what I was going to say, sorry. The main reason I wanted to go on this, I've gone fucking nearly half an hour. <laughs> like, I knew I knew I once I started talking this, I'd go on a rant because it fucking wrecks my head and I, I there's more there's more stuff happening every day um and and what i actually find funny as well is is the term virtue signaling where because it's a, an accurate fucking phrase people go mad over it and i get it people will throw it out there for stupid stuff like uh if someone saw a fucking gay person get beaten up and you go oh you shouldn't do it i go oh, virtue signaling again it's like no that's just common decency leave people alone but to say virtue signaling is not a real thing just because it doesn't suit your narrative is just daft because it is a real thing and it is cringeworthy. And that video that all the celebrities put out of them saying I take responsibility is agony to sit through. Aaron Paul was doing the worst audition of his whole career in that. That bubblegum video he did in the fucking 90s is a better fucking performance than that shit he put on. And it's so sad. That they're doing it. Because they're not doing it. Because they're like. We, we see the injustices of the world. And we want to stand, stand up. They're going. If I do this. I will be in with this crowd. And I might get more roles. And blah blah blah. And it's embarrassing to look at. Um, But anyway. What I was saying. The main reason I wanted to talk about this. Is. 
no, sorry, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna uh, leave again because actually the, the whole point of why I mentioned Virtue Signal is what you're seeing now is with the Simpsons, which was dead twenty years ago. So why they're still going, I don't know. Like this is not even beating a dead horse. This is beating mush on the ground, like yellow bastard's face, but it's a fucking horse. They're still making the Simpsons, although now. After a couple of years ago, someone whinged about Apu and they got rid of it, despite the character being insanely well written. Um, they got rid of Apu, and now they're getting rid of any character that is, or sorry, I think it's Hank Azaria who does a lot of the the black characters on the show. I think he does. Oh, he does the Doctor Hibbert, does he? No, that might be what's his face. I can't even remember their fucking names. But any character on the show that is non-white, portrayed by a white person is now going to be recast with actors of that race and family guy has done or not even family guy cleveland show the guy i can't remember the guy's name he's now stepped down saying uh i love doing this character for years but a black person should do this voice i don't agree if you have a black person doing a voice for a show fine if you look at f is for family there's a black guy on that who does a black character's voice but who actually gives a shit? No one in their life has been watching these shows thinking, oh, that should have been someone doing this voice. What you're seeing is comedians playing several characters with their voice. And that's all it is. It's like people who fucking whinge about impressionists. Say I could get up and I do an amazing Christopher Walken impression. And then after that, I can do an amazing Kanye West impression. Suddenly that's a racist impression because it's of someone who's not my race like no if it sounds like the person it's just an accurate impression if i was just doing an all-round offensive stereotype impression and going this is all black people that'd be a different fucking thing but that's not what it is and that's not what this is either they're characters in a show if you're really that upset about it then you're a fucking tool but anyway enough about these people stepping down because they want people to go oh you're so nice and that fucking cunt as well um he plays Keith Lemon. I can't remember his real name. Or Lee. Not Lee Mack. Lee Francis. He put up a big teary-eyed video. Obviously fucking crocodile tears. Um, saying how upset he was about Bo Selecta and blah blah blah. I was like no that is the biggest lot of bullshit I've ever heard. All that show is a spitting image. But the person is wearing the mask instead of puppeteering it. And yeah I can get what he did was offensive comedy. Because it was the most base. Again base level offensive. Oh there's a dick in it hilarious comedy that's all it is um but he stepped down crying and doing all this and and the little britain lads did the same thing they were like oh we're very sorry it's like, you're not really sorry you're only sorry because people are making you say you're sorry people need to understand that once you fucking apologize for these kind of things you're you're held by the balls forever and that's why i will always love Licky, ricky gervais <laughs> licky gervais i know you said there uh ricky gervais he'll especially with the gloves as well the gloves seems to be his fucking spotlight for being able to say offensive shit and i love when he does and people will go oh yeah it's all approved before i was like yeah but still he still said it and it is shit that rub people the wrong way especially fucking jonathan price <laughs> he wasn't happy about uh the pedo pope comments uh, accurate as they are but he fucking will say something or do something and people will start going you can't do that you have to fucking apologize this and he just goes no and then they realize okay he's not gonna apologize we can't get him under our thumb so we'll leave him alone and he gets to live freely and happily. And Larry Davis is saying, Larry Davis will just say crazy shit on Kirby Enthusiasm. And I adore him for it. And people go, that's very offensive. And he just goes, so? It's like, don't watch it. The end. Steve, I think Stephen Fry actually initially said that. He said, like, oh, you're offended. Well, so what? And that's all it is. That's all it should amount to. But once you start apologizing, they go, oh, well, you know, you have to apologize to them. And you have to make a video. And you have to do that. 
And if you don't do it, you're the villain. And because you've come that far, you have to do it. And it's just insanity. And people need to stop doing it. People need to put their foot down and go, no. This show is going to have characters that are fucking... They could be perceived as offensive. This could be a movie set in, like, fucking the 20s. They're going to say things that are fucking pretty horrible. That's what happened. That's the way it worked. It's not nice, but it's accurate to the time. That's just the way it is. But people, they don't want that now. No one wants that. They just want to fucking whinge and complain and say, you have to do it this way. It's like, again, you're sticking your fingers into something that isn't fucking yours. Art is owned by nobody. So stop acting like you fucking own it and you can change it the way you want it. It's ridiculous. And it's kind of funny how music has has changed over the years. Because it used to be movies would just do whatever. But it was music that was the, the real thing that was uh, hurting people. So you'd have rap music where they might either just be swearing or they might be talking about drugs and stuff in the early 90s. And people were like, we need to pull this album. This is influential on our kids. And Frank Zappa, they're saying his lyrics were offensive and that they were uh, warping children's minds and whatever else. Music nowadays, you can literally get away with whatever you want. The most kid-friendly pop music is filth nowadays. And I mean that in terms of the quality of music and the shit that's being said in them. It's absolutely nuts. But this is the thing, it always switches around. There's always something that has to be the target. And now it's movies and TV. And what people need to do is say, fuck right off. If I had a streaming service and someone said, you have to take down Little Britain, I'd go, no, I'm going to leave it there. Because, who gives a shit? If you don't like it, don't watch it. The end. There's no more to it. And like I said, who the fuck was even thinking about Little Britain or come down or come fly with me for years? Nobody until you brought it up and you gave it more attention and thus gave it more money, gave it more downloads, got more people wanting to see it, got more people speaking out and wanting to fucking defend it. If you had never mentioned it, it'd probably never come up again anyway. All you've done is draw attention to it. You're a fucking moron. But the other thing, this is the one that really, really pisses me off, is It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Now, the entire cast of that show are heavily liberal. And they've always made that very clear. Off off camera, this is what they believe. And that's what makes their appearances on the show so fucking funny, is because they're absurd with how they behave they say the most horrible racist horribly homophobic offensive shit to everyone they're equal opportunity offenders and they're totally ignorant to it and the best part about the show is i think this is pretty much the pitch they had was that they never learn their lesson ever at the end of an episode so you can have an episode where it'll be very heavily racist or charged racially i should say and at the end of the episode where something like Friends, they'd be like, you know what, you're right. And then they all come together. At the end of it, they're just like, ah, fuck that. And then they just go back to being pieces of shit again. And that's why it's so thrilling to watch. And it, again, falls back to that thing John Cleese said. You're watching these characters say outlandishly offensive things. And you laugh at them because you're going, these people are fucking nuts. You're not laughing, they're going, yeah, yeah, good on them, fair play. Because that's not how it fucking works. And the episodes in question, there's five episodes key episodes I should say of the show that have been pulled and two of them are actually considered among the best episodes ever aired of that show and that goes to show how out of touch all these fucking services are that got rid of it and all these cunt people who went hunting for these things going look 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 what they did like the first one they got rid of is an episode where Mac 
Dennis and Frank want to re- do a fifth Lethal Weapon film. They want to bring out a sequel because they're like, oh, we fucking love these movies. We want to do our own one. And they debate then who's going to play who. And they talk about, well, should we do Blackface? If I'm going to play Danny Glover's character, I should be doing Blackface. He goes, no, 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 I'll play him. I could do the voice and Blackface is offensive. And he goes, no, but I think it would look more authentic. And then Danny DeVito's character is so out of touch, he doesn't realise that James Earl Jones is black. He goes, oh, it's Darth Vader. I saw him take off the mask. He goes, you're going to need good shoe polish. And then they're, they're, he just doesn't understand what's wrong with it. And Max's point of view is that he doesn't understand either. And what's hilarious is when they're watching the episode, or what happens is they make the movie. But what they do is they say, halfway through, I'm going to switch. So it's going to be, I'll be Danny Glover on the second half. And when he comes up with the blackface, first thing Charlie says is, oh, that, that, that didn't really go as how we thought it would. Like, he, he acknowledges that it's awkward and it's weird. And by the end of it, the episode inspires a, a school kid who saw the movie to wear blackface as a sort of, like a juggalo mask, something like that. So just being like, I'm going to be rebellious in school. And the whole point is, is how wrong it is. Yet they do not see the context. They don't see the ignorance. They don't see how they actually talk about it. They just see, that character has blackface, remove the episode. There's Elite Weapon 6 is the same thing. There's an episode where I think Dee is doing a play and she sets it up and Frank has blackface on or he's like meant to be Puerto Rican or something and he has his face coloured in and the whole point is that he's playing a character on stage and that even they're acknowledging what the fuck is she doing? Why is this happening? Like they're not going up there just doing this and laughing at black people. That's not what it is but that's how the media is portraying the response to all this they're making it sound like as if these shows are going out there to hurt people and to be upsetting to people when it's clearly first of all like i said a joke but also it's taking the piss out of the ignorance of people who do it and they cannot see the irony in that and it it, it hurts my head and this whole month has just been me with a headache just seeing how fucking stupid people are the way people react to stuff and the the way streaming services and actors and such are showing no backbone whatsoever and just going oh we'll remove it because a small group are upset about it and this is actually i'll tell you what i saw this yesterday and fucking hell i actually legitimately felt myself become stupider someone wanted to have split removed from streaming services the movie with james mcavoy where he has a disorder where he has 27 personalities that all conflict with each other and all come out at different times they're all completely different but there's a 28th one on the way. And the 28th one is this raging monster of a person. And the thing is, the condition from that movie that he has is a real thing. And it's probably not very accurately represented in the film. But first of all, who gives a shit? Second of all, it's a fucking fantasy horror movie. I mean, it's the second part in a fucking trilogy where one guy's invincible. He has 27 personalities, all unique. One of them is a monster. And the third one is someone... Like, it's a superhero fucking trilogy, for a start. Like, which hurts my head even more than people complain about. But now they're saying they want to pull. And it's a small group of people. Even a thousand people. I don't even think there's that many. But even a thousand people is not enough. There's nearly fucking seven billion people on the fucking planet. And a thousand of them are enough to make people go, Oh, we better change this. No. You can fuck off. Why don't you just not watch Split, you dickhead? Instead of fucking... Again, trying to control what other people want to fucking watch. It's insanity. People need to stop fucking listening to it. And just 
tell them to fuck off. And the problem is a lot of people don't want to do this because, again, it's very easy to twist people's words and make them sound worse than they are and make them sound like assholes and and straw man arguments, a load of stuff like that. So if you were to say, I don't think you should remove episodes of Little Britain, they go, oh, so you're okay with racism? It's like, no, that's not what I said. That's what you're trying to project onto me, which then makes me look bad. No, racism is a shit thing and no one should fucking do it. But jokes... There's no limit to jokes. Doesn't matter what it's about. Even if it's offensive. If it's offensive, say, I don't like that fucking joke. I'm not going to watch that person's comedy anymore. Fine. No one's asking you to. But don't go, I'm not watching this comedy anymore. And you can't either. And if you do, you're a piece of shit. And I want to make sure that his comedy is removed from everywhere and no one gets to watch it. No. People find different things funny. The stuff that I find funny that other people wouldn't. And the stuff that other people do that I wouldn't. I'm not going to demand that their stuff's removed. And I know there's different context to all these things. And that's what annoys me as well. Is people will think that you don't understand. Like oh well, you don't, you wouldn't understand. It's like no I can still empathise with these things. And it's like that with movies. I've seen this happen with movies before. It could be a movie where. Uh, it's about the difficulties of being gay growing up. Or being black in a shitty fucking neighbourhood growing up. And people looking down upon you. And you wanting to prove that you're not just a stereotype. And all these kind of things. If I say I love the movie. People go, oh yeah, grand, yeah, he, he understands, great. But if I say I don't love the movie, they go, oh, well, you just wouldn't understand anyways. No, I'm allowed to understand these things but not like them. And I can understand why these things can upset people, but it's like, that doesn't mean you have the right to tell anyone or to make everyone not watch it. It's insanity to me. And I even know some people who probably listen to this now and just be like, oh God, he's, he's crazy. He's become a, a right-wing conspiracist or something fucking nuts like that. No. To me, I don't believe in right or left. You're all cunts. You're all crazy. I just believe that people should be allowed to watch and enjoy whatever they want so long as no one is actually being hurt by it. No one's being hurt by fucking the Cleveland show other than your senses and your uh, comedy because there's there's no comedy in that show. It's dog shit. But that doesn't mean it shouldn't be out there. The, the people just... Context just means nothing these days. And it's it's sad. And... It makes me worry for all the other shows and things that are out there, whether iconic or not. And I think I mentioned this before when I talked about The House, that comedy movie with Will Farrell and Amy Poehler, where they, they set up a casino in a, an abandoned house. And it's just about how hard people have to let you know that they don't believe what a certain character is saying. So, for instance, that thing from Faulty Terrors had Basil spent a minute and a half calling the major out and saying you can't see this because this this and this, and this first of all it would kill the joke second of all it would just seem like a desperate attempt to be like look look I don't agree with the major I, he said it not me but the same kind of thing happens with the house the, the, I think I mentioned it before but I'll say it again there's a part where two people are about to have a fight one of them is black one of them is white and Will Farrell steps in and goes wait we're going to fucking put wages on this because it's, it's a casino after all we want to make some money out of it so Place your bets who's going to win. And they're both tough talking at the start of it. And the black guy goes, it's going to be a straight up race war in here. And there's about, now had had he just said that and it had about two seconds of people going, what the fuck? And then it moves on. That would have been very funny. But what happens is you have about a minute of people go, whoa, whoa, you can't say that. That's a, it's offensive. It's not a race war. And then he just like, oh, it just gets awkward. And it's like, you just killed what could have been a hilarious joke. And again, referring back to John Cleese, because the man is a legend when it comes to comedy. He knows what he's talking about. 
you would laugh at him. You're not going to hear that and go, oh yeah, it's going to be a race war. You hear that and you go, what the fuck is he on about? And that's it. You discredit him immediately by laughing at him. People are blind to this. It baffles me and it irritates me greatly. Now, I've gone on about this for virtually the whole episode. My intention when I before I started recording this was to only go on about it for a few minutes. But it's something that just, it annoys me so much. And I hate the entitlement. I hate the how patronising it is. I hate how it's clearly a fascist motive when people like to say it isn't. Because, again, it's hidden under a good guise. That's how this thing works. Uh... If someone came to you and said we're going to stop homophobia and racism, you'd be like, oh yeah, deadly. But if you say we want to cancel the show because if we don't, it's homophobic and racist, that's that's the cover they have. Instead of saying, well, no, it's actually it's a comedy show and there's context within the show as to why this is being said, that's ignored. It's like, no, this is racist. Here's the umbrella we have it under. If you fucking like the comedy or agree with it, then you are that. So you have to get rid of it. And it's just crazy bullying tactics i don't have to post anything if i don't want to anywhere no one can demand i do and if people want to come up with some mad ideas about me because i don't then fuck them hard with an iron bar with fucking barbs on it because they have nothing of use to say to anyone ever they're people whose lives are dictated by the internet and that's all it is because there's no real justice anymore it's all internet justice the only thing that matters now is that you're okay in the eyes of what the the majority of the internet says. How crazy is that shit? Like no, like you you can be a decent person your entire life, but you do one thing wrong, the internet holds you up on it. And that's that's one thing I find really funny from everyone is because obviously a lot of this stemmed because of the murder of George Floyd, which I think if anyone says was anything less than a horrific murder is a moron and what i found funny is you'd have people who would be then trying to defend the cops and again like i said i'm not getting political but this is important as to my initial point there you've people out there who are defending the cops in this case saying oh well that george floyd guy he fucking he did this crime years ago where he held a gun to a pregnant woman and all this kind of shit it's like yeah the key word you said there was years ago. People have a chance to change in life and turn their life around and get away from a life of crime and whatever else. Whether it be true or not, I still don't know if it's true. But that was the point people were making. And I agree with it. But isn't that kind of funny how Kevin Hart can put a tweet up 10 years ago and there's no redemption. You're not allowed to change from that. Tweets you've made years ago, once you make them, they're on the internet, that's it. It's permanent, it's for life. It's the same principle. And I think it's insane. So, to all you listening out there, before I quickly move on and do a quick recap of Blu-rays and one or two movies, because I'm so fucking... I, I spent this whole episode just talking about this. Um, what I will say is, art belongs to nobody except the artist. Stop being fascist, moronic cunts and trying to prevent people from watching whatever the fuck they want. It's not your fucking business. If people want to watch a comedy show, if it has the most offensive shit in the world, and if it's Roy Chubby Brown level stuff, let them. It's theirs to watch. You fuck off. Uh, stop being an actual racist, and stop being an actual homophobe, and stop killing people, and stop being cunts. I think that's a fair fucking thing to say. Um, stop behaving like you're morally superior. Stop 
censoring shit that doesn't need to be fucking censored. Nothing needs to be censored unless it actually hurts someone. If someone puts up a snuff video, yeah, get rid of that. No one needs to fucking see that shit. And I and again, that's another thing is that people put it up as if like they're fucking doing you a favor. You see it on Facebook. Someone put up a video of someone being beheaded and go, oh yeah, you need to see this, you know, this is this is real life. This this I don't need to see it. I know what fucking happens. It's horrendous. I don't need to sit there and experience it over and over again because you keep posting it. As if it's like, oh, I, I didn't understand before. No. No one needs to fucking see that shit. Because it's real. It's actual suffering. A joke in a TV show or someone being killed in a movie is not real. Grow up, you fuckheads. So, on that note, everyone just be fucking sound of each other. Let art be what it is. Let people watch whatever they want. And just fucking deal with real problems in the world. Stop inventing problems and fake injustices for you to get upset about. To justify the fact that you did nothing with your life and you're trying to fucking have something to hold on to. You're a twat. Now, after all that, let's quickly, uh, I'm going to do a quick recap of all the fucking movies I bought. Because I mentioned earlier, from the likes of Zavi, Zoom, HMV, everywhere, I have bought a criminal amount of movies over the last month or so. Now, I'm going to just open up the pictures because I'm fucking... <laughs> so many here I, I mean I have them all stacked in front of me but uh, they're kind of a bit all over the place I need more shelves actually that's uh, a big problem for me at the moment is because the way my excuse me the way my room is structured is only able to hold two decent sized shelves but they're both more than full now uh, so I need to see if I can restructure the room in some way that I can fit another one in because uh, I'm running out of a lot of space but I'm not. I'm not going to really talk about all the stuff I got. I'm going to just mention them, and that's it. I don't know what I talked about last. Did I go as far back as when I bought the likes of Scum? And when did I upload that? If I know when I uploaded the picture, because I always upload pictures of shit about May. Uh, oh yeah, I would have talked about all these ones and Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas and all that. Did I talk about Novacento? Yeah, I I'm certain I would have mentioned these in the last one, but since then, I have gotten so many fucking deals and shit were popping up on the likes of amazon and i mean zavi i'm still at odds with but they do have some fucking good deals um but some of the stuff i got from amazon lately is i got finally got the eureka version of rumblefish i remember i was gonna get the steelbook before because that's the same artwork and i was looking at it him and han for ages i think i got it for about seven or eight quid and i remember really enjoying it plus nicholas cage is in it uh, I got Walter Hill's The Driver which I love uh, that movie blew me away and I've been reluctant to buy it because I don't like the artwork the, the Savage artwork for the Twilight Time Blu-ray was a lot better um, this one kind of just looks like generic crime movie artwork but it's, it's yeah, I don't know I'm thinking I'm actually genuinely considering making slip covers for a lot of stuff and making my own fake label called Owlad Films and or Owlad Pictures that sounds a bit classier Um because I, I mean especially over the last two weeks I've bought an abundance of Lab movies and I've wanted to I, I still I don't feel like now I'm going to get into it but I want to dedicate an episode to just Lab movies and what I love about them what they are what they mean like the, the idea is, is the movies that your Lab would have and watch and that you'd watch on a Sunday at 1pm kind of thing which tomorrow I'm going to fill my fucking day with because I have so many I bought all war movies crime movies fucking westerns and shit like that I just all that kind of stuff you know the ones uh but i was thinking if i had the foresight years ago i'd have set up my own label called Owlad films and i would have released them all ahead of the likes of premium collection and eureka and wherever else 
obviously it would never happen but uh, it's a nice pipe dream but what I'm thinking is I might actually make a load of slip covers um, for these Blu-rays that I have and just have my own little label on it just as a my own little keepsake and if anyone wants them I'll make them for them um, but yeah uh, The Driver will be in there and so this next one The Friends of Eddie Coyle which is a great crime film I watched a few years ago Robert Mitchum and Peter Boyle Blue Collar is one that I've wanted to see for years I actually I rented the DVD from the library about three times and never got around to watching it I used to do that I'd buy, get ten films at a time and I'd get through about four or five of them and then I'd forget about them and I'd go shit I have to return them um, but it's Paul Schrader directed it and it stars Richard Pryor Harvey Keitel and Yafet Koto and it's 70s gritty drama give me that all day and this is one of the best ones I got I, I bought a few box sets over the last while uh, all French stuff uh, although one is Spanish French kind of um, but I got the Francois Truffaut collection and there's 8 movies in that uh, that was 20 quid which is a fucking I, I, it's worse than a murder what I just did um, and that has a few of the films I've wanted to see for ages Shoot the Penis being one of the main ones so delighted to fucking have that 8 disc box set um, next then is uh, as I said Cannibal Holocaust finally arrived so I have the complete uncut version 3 discs with the soundtrack posters and all kinds of shit with it it's just exactly the version that I've always wanted to get I will say the box is a lot smaller than I thought when I saw the pictures of it it looks like it's a big solid hard box like the the Screen Factory or not the Screen Factory the Second Sight film stuff uh, so that was a bit disappointing but still it's a, it's a savage box set uh, I blind bought phase 4 from 101 films because it's Saul Bass's only movie it comes with all these short films and it has amazing artwork and it just looks it's a savage release that's a cool sounding idea uh, Take Shelter then is one I've always wanted to fucking finally own and then Second Sight brought out an unbelievable savage box set with that movie so glad to finally have that Jeff Nichols is pretty much excellent in, uh, as a director for everything I've seen him make uh, I got two spaghetti westerns from Sergio Corbucci one of them is not quite a western but uh, I watched it last year and I loved it it's uh, Navajo Joe the Burt Reynolds one which the poster for that served as one of the fake posters for Leonardo DiCaprio on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that is also a movie that would probably get into trouble nowadays because Burt Reynolds plays a Native American in it and his face is kind of tanned for the, the role so people would probably whinge about that as well uh, The Mercenary was another one which I fucking loved with ha- which has Jack Palance as a bad guy named Curly which I think is where he, the, the Curly name came from uh, for City Slickers uh, but Frank O'Neill is the lead in that and it's just it's a really just brilliant gritty fucking western it's quite funny at times as well uh, you can see where it borrows from other westerns but holy shit this movie must be Tarantino's favourite western because he has borrowed so much from it from the music which is used throughout Kill Bill several times and I think Glorious Bastards briefly uh, to even there's a list in it of, of the tasks they need to do to rob a bank and the way that list is written now I was sitting there going that's the same list as Kill Bill the way he even writes the numbers is the same and uh, someone actually gets shot in it and they bleed through a, a kind of uh, what would be the word for it? I can't remember the word for what you stick like a pocket square but it's a flower I can't remember the, there's a name for it but brochet no I don't know what the fuck I'm saying Um like that's taken straight from Django and there's just so many fucking things that are that he took from this movie and he did them well uh, and I was happy I got to I, I noticed them all as I was watching them I felt proud about that but then there's an extra on the Blu-ray which I hated it's about 18 minutes 5 minutes of it's interesting information the rest of it is some dork who's like a spaghetti western uh, enthusiast who 
he's just talking shite over it and doing these little sketches and he's just a law random ass face and I just wrecked my head um, there's also a misprint on it you know me inserts but there's an 18 insert on the side but a 15 on the front and it's just it's stupid um, I also I've, I've finally jumped into the world of Jackie Chan Blu-rays now I, I got Drunken Master a few years ago I still haven't watched it and I my friend Joe from the Lazy Dad's podcast gave me To Kill With Intrigue which is one of the early Jackie Chan things which I heard is it's daft and all over the shop but it looks like fun um, but I knew like see when all these 88 films Jackie Chan releases were coming out I wasn't working at that stage so I was very reluctant to be spending money on them but now that I am I'm very happy to pick them up so I, I saw this go up because it was a childhood favourite and I said I have to get that and that is Armour of God 2 Operation Condor got the 88 film special edition of that and fucking hell it is the, the nostalgia I got watching it I absolutely love that fucking movie and it has two cuts on it as well which is cool um, and it's several dubs the 88 films really go all out with giving you variety with the dubs uh, two of the other ones I got are Heart of Dragon which I watched last night which was actually just a very serious drama movie with some fight scenes in it with Jackie Chan and Sammo Hung uh, the extended one has more fights which is the one to watch but on that like the Japanese version of it has different music and all and they give you the option to have the the Cantonese dialogue with the Japanese music and the Japanese music or Japanese dialogue with the Cantonese music and they give you all these options which is really great uh, I also got Dragons Forever, which is fucking an unreal Jackie Chan movie. He fights uh, Benny the Jet in that, and he also fights him in Wheels on Meals, which is another one that I got from Eureka. I've actually the amount of Eureka shit that I got lately is insane. Um, I just fucking stocked up on like as much Eureka as I could, and I've more coming. I've fucking tons arriving now soon. Um, but I'll move on. Um, so what else have I got? Um. Yes, so three of the other box sets. I got this, uh, see, I didn't include it with the Francois Truffaut collection because I actually thought they were all artificial eye, but these three are uh, Studio Canal ones. And uh, it's the Louis Bonnel one, which he's the Spanish-French kind of movies. Uh, Jean-Luc Godard's films and Louis Melville. Oh, no, sorry. Ugh, I always mix up fucking Melville and Mal. So Louis Mal, which a box set is going for stupid money. I really want to get it, though. Uh, no, Jean-Pierre Melville. Uh, and each of them, these are all crime movies, drama movies, romance movies, and they're all just like the peak of French cinema at that time, so I'm fucking delighted to have them. Um, and they were all about 20, 30 quid each. They're all bargain prices for the amount of films you get with them. Uh, what else we got? From 101 Films, I was pissed off about Parson Motel and this because I ordered the split second 101 Blu ray because it's fucking savage, but that's obviously not coming out till next month. Um, and what they did was they sent the other stuff I got on the sale separately. So I got The Boxer, the Danny DeLewis Emily Watson movie. I still haven't seen it. Uh, and Nightmares, it's a horror anthology movie. I think Emilio Estevez is in it and it, it's meant to be deadly. But both of those arrived, but they went to Parson Motel separately. So I had to pay eight quid for the fucking postage because they sent it separately. It wrecked my head. Um, what else have we got? Oh yeah, this is where it started to get fucking insane with the amount of shit that was coming to me. Um... Obviously, there was a Criterion sale on with uh, Amazon. And actually, everywhere. All, all the, the outlets at the moment have a Criterion sale. Some have more stuff than others. There's stuff on the Zavi that's not on Amazon. There's, there's stuff on Zoom that's not on Zavi. There's stuff on HMV that's not on any of the other ones. So there's there's a lot of variety out there if you know where to look. Um, but I got six of them, I think. Maybe more. Uh, I'll check now. But anyway, I got It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. 
Uh, one I haven't seen, but it's basically the original Rat Race kind of movie, uh, where a lot of people are on a goal to, to get some money, so it's you're following hundreds of characters all on the way to try find this lost treasure kind of thing. Or well, I don't know if it's necessarily treasure, I think it's a bag of money, but I haven't actually seen it, but the thing that put me onto it was Tarantino when he was talking about uh, Cinerama and how he would show 70 mil prints of this in preparation for uh, The Hateful Eight, so I was, I was really excited about that. Um, and it's going to be great too, it's a three hour mad epic of comedy and craziness, so I'm on board. Failsafe, I haven't seen, it's Sidney LeMay though, which is an immediate sale, and it's a great plot, and it's just a great, it sounds like a savage, paranoid thriller from, I think it was the 60s or the 50s. Either way, I'm sold. Uh, the Fisher King, which is one of my favourite Terry Gilliam movies, one of my favourite Robin Williams movies, and one of my favourite Jeff Bridges movies, and it's just a fantastic fantasy love story movie that is quite dark at times, and I was reluctant to buy it at first because I don't really like the artwork, but it is actually the best available version of that movie, and it was in the 2 for 25 offer, so I couldn't say no, and I also got 12 Angry Men, which is a masterpiece, and I was very, very close to buying the, I think it's the Warner Brothers Blu-ray of it, but then I saw this pop up and I thought, this has better artwork and it's a better print and it's more extras. Give me that. So, t- those four. Um, then, I had, which I rewatched the other night, actually, Rushmore and the Royal Tenenbaums. And Rushmore, I hadn't seen for about 15 years. I watched it again like two nights ago and I loved it. It's still a masterpiece. I absolutely adore it. Royal Tenenbaums I watched a few years ago. I still adore that as well. And I'm glad to finally have a Blu-ray of it. And especially with Criterion behind it. And the kind of hand-drawn Wes Anderson stuff as the covers is deadly. I, I also have Bottle Rocket and The Life Aquatic on the way, which Life Aquatic didn't grab me too much the first time, but I want to give it another chance. And I want to have all the, the Wes Anderson stuff. Uh, Moonrise Kingdom and Fantastic Mr. Fox I need to get too, but I don't think Mr. Fox is out here yet on Criterion, nor is Grand Budapest Hotel. So hopefully that those two and Isle of Dogs will all get a Criterion treatment so I can get the whole collection. Um, I also got Harakiri, which I've wanted to see for years, um, which is the same director as the Human Condition Trilogy, which is a nine-hour Japanese anti-war film, so I'm dying to fucking watch that. Uh, Nashville, again, it's Robert Altman, so I'm sold already. It's nearly three hours, and you have 25 principal main characters in it, and they're all coming together in this one story, and it just sounds so ambitious and deadly, so I am all for that. Uh, Where am I going now? Uh, I got Lucky, which is uh, Harry Dean Stanton, his final movie, and it's basically his swan song goodbye movie, kind of like uh, The Old Man and the Gun with Robert Redford, only Robert Redford's still alive. Uh, this is a bizarre movie, but it's really enjoyable, it's strange, and it's it's the perfect goodbye movie, and it comes with a documentary called Partly Fiction, based on Harry Dean Stanton, which I heard is deadly. So, that's a nice box, that was a Eureka one. The rest of these are pretty much all Eureka. Uh, Metropolis always wanted to see it but now is the best restored version with all the additional scenes put back in in the best quality on blu-ray and with a lot of extras and with a book unbelievable fucking release I think it was only 9 quid or something like that Paper Moon I've always always wanted to see uh, I like Peter Bogdan Peter Bogdanovich I want to see more of his fucking movies but this one apparently is one of his most accessible ones so I'm, I'm dying to jump into that and of course Wheels on Meals which I mentioned already. Like I said I'm going through pictures of these to remind myself. The Sopranos box set. Which I is the cheapest I've seen at 40 quid. The only time I've ever seen it more than that. Or less than that was on adverts. When some lucky cunt got it ahead of me. It was 20 quid and someone jumped in and got it. Um, but I got this for 40. And it's weird because. Often with these box sets. Like if you ever see the Indiana Jones one. That used to fold out with all these amazing pictures on it. 
and all the discs will be in it. And then once that version sells out, they just have a generic fat MRA box version. And it's kind of ugly looking. I've been avoiding getting that box set because I want the other one. Um, and the same thing happened with my Deadwood box set. But with this box set, it actually comes out in a fold-out box. I thought, oh, Deadly, this is actually a first edition. But it turns out it's not. This is the cheap box. This is like what they did with the Saw collection, where they're, it's just like a cardboard sleeve. And uh, it's very flimsy, this kind of fall out of it. But it's still... It looks nice. It has deadly pictures on it. And it's this banners box set. I finally have it now. And I can't wait to fucking dive back into it. Because I've been meaning to watch it again for years. Same with The Wire actually. Um, oh another Jackie Chan one I forgot to mention. Because this isn't part of any of the, the boutique labels. But there's one called Shinjuku Incident. And it's... I think it's set in Japan. To do with dock workers and stuff like that. But it's actually a fairly gritty crime movie. With Jackie Chan in it. Rather than his usual over the top action. So I'm very eager to check that out. That was only like three quid. Um, as a special edition uh, a Ken Loach box set which I saw going which contains Riff Raff Raining Stones and Ladybird Ladybird both Riff Raff and Lady, Ladybird Ladybird are ones I've wanted to see for years and now I finally had them this box set was a tenner and it has the three of them in it with a booklet like they're legit good special editions of it so I was fucking really happy with that um, and then here's the here's the final L Lad haul which uh, well I say final the final from this week I have more coming next week but this was just 10 serious L-Lad movies that I got that I'm fucking delighted to have. Only one of them I've seen. The rest are all blind buys. Um, but ones I've wanted to see. So the one that I have seen, which I thought was a masterpiece, and I think I talked about it a few weeks ago before I did the Death Wish episode, is Hard Times. The Charles Bronson, James Coburn, Walter Hill directed drama action movie. It's just fucking superb. It's the best edition of it as well. The quality of it is unbelievable. And it comes with a book. Uh, another one is a western uh, from Anthony Mann starring Gary Cooper called Man of the West again don't know anything about it it just looks gritty and deadly and it's classic uh, this one Coming Home I've been meaning to see for fucking years it stars uh, Jane Fonda John Voight and Bruce Dern and it's a love triangle movie after Vietnam so again sold uh, I got a lot of Robert Aldrich stuff I realise as well but uh, Twilight's Last Gleaming I've been meaning to see it for years now I saw a trailer of it a couple of years ago or about 15 seconds of it. And I thought. I'm already all in with this movie. It sounds deadly. I know I finally have it. Uh, the Flight of the Phoenix as well. Classic war fucking movies. Again not seeing it. But a pure L.A. movie. That I'm dying to watch. And then a gritty. Sort of police detective. Crime movie. Uh, starring Sean Connery. Directed by Sidney Lumet as well. Called The Offence. Which sounds fucking great too. It sounds like it's going to be a real good. Character driven sort of movie. Uh, also. The Best Picture from 1955, uh, Marty, which I've been made to see for years. I love Ernie Borgnine, and it's meant to be fantastic, so I'm glad to finally have that. Disappointed it didn't come with a book, though. Uh, I'm not sure it ever did, but the fact it's two discs would lead me to believe that it would have been in there if there was supposed to be one. Uh, the other one is one that just sounds class. It was one of those ones where I just looked it up, and I saw that Peter O'Toole and Donna Pleasance were in it, and it's called Night of the Generals, World War Two Nazi movie, where... It's like a, I think, I'd say this probably might have inspired Inglorious Bastards by the sounds of it, but it just sounds fucking deadly, so I'm all on board for that. Um, What else? Oh, and finally, uh, last but not least, I should say, uh, two movies. One, I'd only heard about when it got released, and I just thought it sounded deadly, called The Chant of Jimmy Blacksmith, which is a, an Australian exploitation movie about a half-white, half-Aboriginal guy who is basically pushed too far by people on both sides giving him shit so you have 
other Aboriginals calling him Whitey, and you have white people calling him an Abo or whatever the I think that's the slur. And he decides, you know what, fuck it, I'm gonna get revenge on Ollie's, and it just sounds deadly. Um, and King of Hearts, which is a French comedy, which apparently when it was released in France, it was people were just like, eh, it's alright. But when it went to America, it was so popular, it was in the cinema for five years. That's how fucking well received it was. So. I got a savage slipcover box out of that for seven quid. Could not say no. Looks fucking deadly. Big special edition. I am all on board for this. Um, so that's that's all the shit I got recently. So I, I, I don't even want to count them up now. But it's a fucking lot of movies. Uh, especially when you take into account that the Goddard box. It has like five or six movies. Bunnell one has I think eight movies. Melville I think has six. The Truffaut one has eight. And that all adds up. And some of these other boxes have two movies in them. So oh there's a lot there there's a lot um but i'm glad to finally have them and i was thinking see i haven't really caught up on reviews in a while uh i didn't want to go on too long today so let me see because most of the stuff i've watched too has been the blu-rays that i bought and i want to catch up writing reviews again because i got i got into a habit of writing them again but again i've just been so fucked over the last while tired and everything else just haven't gotten around to it um but i suppose some of the newer ones I'll just I'm gonna briefly mention here. So I, I watched Spike Lee's new one, Defied Bloods. Didn't do it for me. Um and I think it's weird with Spike Lee because when when he's good, he is fantastic. And when he's bad, he's pretty fucking bad. This one it's somewhere in the middle, cause there's a lot to like about it. I love the setting, I love the plot idea. Delroy Lindo saves the whole movie, really. Uh even though his character's a bit silly, he's really good in it. And like the idea of the movie is it's four black soldiers who were in Vietnam together meet up after years and decide they're going to fly back over to Vietnam to retrieve the remains of a friend of theirs who died in combat. But they also have the intention to look for a chest of gold that they had found there at the time but obviously couldn't bring back during the war. So it's a treasure hunt movie but it's also a sort of... Stand by me is probably not the right movie to refer to but... Four people looking for a body to to basically give them a proper send-off. And I think it's it's a really good idea. But most of the characters are badly written. The dialogue's pretty fucking terrible. There's moments of just cringeworthy, twee, fucking happy scenes that just didn't work. Uh, there's a moment in, involving a mine which people keep referring to as one of the most tense things they've seen in ages. I just thought it was stupid. Especially the lead-up to it. It's one of those things where you know immediately this is going to happen. And then two seconds later it happens. I thought oh fucking hell that's so predictable. And I, I, like it could have actually gone the other way and tricked me. But it didn't. Um, but I think it's a, it's an interesting idea. Uh, a lot of people are upset too. Because there's some pretty nasty real war footage in it. There's that, that infamous photo of the general shooting a guy in the head. Or in, not in our head. In the head. Um, which they actually showed the full clip of in colour. Which I'd never seen before. So it was pretty horrific. And then when they're kind of talking about the horrors of war. The subliminal images of like burnt children's bodies and shit like that from napalm and just vietnam in general um which will definitely rub people the wrong way i think they're not really necessary in a film like this people are aware of how horrible the war is and i get why he put them there he wants to show the horrors of war but there's been a thousand fucking vietnam movies already that have shown that you're not really adding anything to it by doing that but i don't know i think uh, he has a weird decision which i think his whole reason for doing was 
like when there's a flashback there's three aspect ratios as well and i was very i was really questioning whether or not they were legitimately shot on film because there's one that he claims is shot on 16 mil film which is all the vietnam footage then there's there's some pretty legit looking eight millimeter film which is the characters are holding their own cameras uh but then there's 35 mil when it's them talking on the way to vietnam and then when they're actually looking for the treasure it's full screen 35 apparently as well but i thought the full screen looked quite digital and some of the shots on 16 mil look digital too so i'm not sure whether it was fake visual noise or what but i don't know i didn't quite the movie itself just didn't quite grab me i really wanted to enjoy it i like everything involved in it and everything about it but it just i don't know some of it felt so forced it just felt lame the ending i thought was terrible uh it kind of felt like a black answer to triple frontier the movie with ben affleck and what's his fucking name now i'm gonna forget everyone who's in that fucking movie he's fucking what's his face from star wars Ah, I don't remember his name, but you know what the fucking guy man. He plays Poe Dameron in it, and he's in Drive. I don't know why I can't think of his fucking name. He's usually brilliant as well. Um, but it felt like that movie, and and it had a lot of the same problems. Now, I think Triple Frontier was slightly more enjoyable, but my problem with that was that the characters were were badly written. They kind of established Ben Affleck's character as being really serious. It's all about getting in, getting out, doing the job, blah blah blah. But within seconds he's already crazed with uh, greed and, and it, it just didn't feel believable it didn't feel like it led up to that and uh same kind of with delroy lindo's character even though he's the best part of it he uh when you're watching a minute like he's clearly scarred emotionally from the war but when it comes down to like he seems to very easily turn uh too crazy for my like and i think they, they could have built to it a bit better it just didn't really work but what I actually was mentioning before, um, about them back in the the Vietnam era in the sixteen or the alleged sixteen mil, they had the old actors playing themselves. So you'd have Delroy Lindo looking as old as he does now, playing himself, meant to be twenty or so back then. And when I first saw it, I was like, "What the fuck are they doing? Are they trying to young them up?" And then I saw they had still had grey hair. I thought, "Okay, so they're obviously trying to do a." This is a representation of them still being there. They, they feel like they haven't left. It's that fresh in their memory. They're kind of looking at it as themselves now, back then. And then, as far as I know, Spike Lee himself doesn't even agree with that. And I thought, well, I don't know what the fuck you're trying to do. I think he just didn't want to go down the same road as the Irishman and spend millions on making them look young. But, I don't know. Um, the film itself, no, it's it's over long. It's two and a half hours long. And a lot of that could be trimmed out. I just think he he'd, he's capable of so much better. I feel like his heart wasn't really in this movie. People seem to love it though. I see, I might be in the minority here. I just didn't think much of it. Uh, especially coming off the back of Black Klansman. Where he was at peak of his career then as well. Like he's fantastic with that movie. Um, but I've actually caught up on some older ones as well. I watched She's Gotta Have It for the first time. Which I thought. It's okay. I think it's uh, very ambitious. He did a great job with the amount of money he had. And the fact that it's so low budget. And it's, it's well written. It's just. It's a bit messy and there's some questionable shit going on in that movie that <laughs> I guarantee would not fly today. Um, and I rewatched Do the Right Thing, which is just a full-fledged masterpiece. I don't know if he'll ever top that. Uh, he got close. I like Summer Sam and I like Clockers as well. And uh, 25th Hour is fucking fantastic too, but like, Do the Right Thing is his best thing. And he's kind of set that bar for himself. So when you see him come out with something like the All Boy remake, you're like, what are you doing? And this 
like I'd watch the sweep or not the sweep. Like, see, I always mix up the sweep with Jesus as well because they both have da as the title instead of the. But the five bloods I would watch over old boy a thousand times again. So that's that's my review for. It. I didn't think much of it. It's okay. Um, and the other one, which I'm just going to talk about two movies because they're kind of newish releases, but the King of Staten Island, the new Judd Apatow movie with Pete Davidson, who generally I don't fucking like, although I've starting to warm to him. Um, and Bill Burr is the other lead in it, and you have parts of Steve Buscemi stuff in it as well. But the idea is it's sort of half based on Pete Davidson's real life because his dad was a firefighter who died in 9/11, and this story is basically his dad is also a firefighter who died but just in a different fire several years ago i think 17 years ago and now he's in his 20s and he's still kind of a man child he never really grew up and let go of what happened so he's just a stoner going around acting the bollocks coming up with crap business ideas his man played by marissa tomei has obviously been single this whole time and he wants to be a tattoo artist and has accidentally started to tattoo a kid from the local area and that kid's dad shows up to the house played by Bill Burr and it kind of immediately sets sparks off between Bill Burr and Marissa Tomei and now he has to try deal with the idea of his mom dating someone else who also happens to be someone he's at ends with but also a fucking fireman as well so it, it, it's a lot to do with the emotional conflict that they have in it and I actually think in terms of structure and in terms of actual quality it's Judd Apatow's best movie, without question. Uh, I enjoy The 40-Year-Old Virgin more. I actually really love that movie. Uh, I hate the end of The 40-Year-Old Virgin, though. I re- I've always hated it. And I always forget it's coming, and then it happens. And I'm like, oh shit, that's how it fucking is. What a stupid ending. Um, and I enjoy Knocked Up and a few of his others, but they, none of them have landed as well as this, as, as well as The 40-Year-Old Virgin have, than this did. This is more of a drama film with some funny bits in it. It's, it's straight-up drama parts. Very emotionally driven. It's really well done. Really natural. Great acting. Bill Burr is fantastic in it. And he's bearing a, a tremendous tash. A power tash I should say. Um, but Pete Davidson is actually quite good in it as well. And I think that. Th- I'm starting to warrant him. Because that other movie he did. Big Time Adolescence. He's quite good in that as well. Um, I don't know what it was about him. Just, he used to wreck my head. Um, but actually I'm starting to warrant him now. Um, but yeah. That one I, I thought was fucking terrific. Uh it's not a masterpiece by any stretch, but I think it's it's Judd Apatow's strongest movie. Uh, well, definitely his strongest drama comedy, because 40 Year Virgin is a straight-up comedy. Um, but I loved it. thought it was terrific. Would highly recommend that. Uh, the Five Bloods I'd recommend if you're a Spike Lee fan, because it's landing well with Spike Lee fans. And I'd, I'd consider myself a Spike Lee fan, but I can see when he's bad. And with this, I don't think he's great. So there are two movies I can still recommend, but for different reasons. Oh, that was a, a long ranty fucking episode um, which actually it only technically went on 20 minutes longer than I expected it to because I, I was intending to only go for an hour I'm trying to limit myself again uh, although one thing as well this was something I didn't mention when I was talking about all the censorship nonsense but this was an idea proposed and I don't think it'll go ahead it's just that but I think it's Warner Brothers are uh, coming up with censored versions of movies to release for a wider audience. So the likes of Step Brothers. Cut down to a PG-13. Now that won't be the permanent release. It's just as well as. And I think yeah that's fine. But it's stupid. Like why? Just let the fucking movie be what it is. Um, And I know before. There was there was rumours of. Brawl and Sabbath 99. Was going to actually be switched to a 15 cert. And they were going to tone down some of the violence. And I thought what a stupid fucking idea. The whole point of that movie is. 
the visceral nasty violence this person is willing to put others through to save his own family like to to cut that down kills the whole point of that movie um also it's class the fucking gore scenes in that movie are amazing so don't get rid of them but anyway uh thanks for listening <laughs> i know the first 45 minutes of this is pretty much just me repeating myself and talking about how fucking stupid these people are but uh i believe i'm right in that so there you go uh i hope you watch some more movies watch as many as you possibly can they're the best thing in the world and as far as i'm concerned they're all that matters remember art belongs to no one except the artist you're all cunts goodbye